Welcome to the Total Freedom Podcast, where you can build your total freedom lifestyle and live your life doing what you want, when you want, with whomever you want. And now, here is your host, John Racine. Welcome to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. I'm really excited for today's guest. He is an author, a speaker, a coach, a thought leader, and an entrepreneur. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Ryan Stanley. Ryan, welcome. Hey, John. Thank you so much. Really super excited to be here. Uh, it's my pleasure having you on. How are you doing today? Getting better by the minute, my friend. Absolutely. Everything's starting Thank to you, open up a little bit in your corner of the world? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. We're in New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey, so we're right outside New York, and it's been an interesting couple months, but I think slowly but surely. Um, yeah, so this weekend, I'm, I'm actually having my first official social, social distancing party. Uh, we're going to hang out with five or six close friends at uh, at least six feet apart and get some hang time. So I, th- I think that's a sign of good things to come. I agree completely. Yeah, it's definitely been trying over the last couple of months. And I imagine that's probably played a lot into the type of work that you do. Yeah, I mean, being a coach, it's, it's actually a really interesting place to be because, well, just even for not only from, from a client's standpoint, but from just a generating content and putting things out there. I mean, there's never been a more important time. I, don't, I can't say never, but I think now as coaching, as a profession has grown so much in the past decade, I think over that last decade, we'll say there's never been a more important time for the helpers and for the coaches and people who want to serve to rise and, and to get the message out there. So um, it's been a, an important time to, to connect and, and do our best to empower people to best be the best version of themselves. So, yeah. Have you been forced to change the way you do business as the world has kind of evolved around us lately? Uh, I haven't. Uh, in fact, it's, you know, my coaching is all done from, from home and most of it's done video. Actually, I do, probably that's not true. Maybe 60% is video, 30% is phone. Um, but I coach people in Australia. I coach people in Canada. I coach people in obviously like Nashville, Tennessee. I coach people in Los Angeles. Uh, I coach people in Europe. Um, you know, I, it's nice that we, you know, we're all humans, right? Everybody can use some, some guidance, use some reflection. And so I, I love being able to coach people virtually. So that really hasn't changed anything at all in that, that space. So how did you get here? I don't imagine you came out of high school and said, I'm going to be this author, speaker, coach, thought leader, and entrepreneur, did you? Right. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, actually, originally in, when I was in high school, I wanted to get into filmmaking. Uh, and at an earlier age, I did write a screenplay that is, is still planning to be made at some point, I think. Um, but I have always been an entrepreneur. I've worked in a couple different industries. I consider entrepreneurialism a, um, a form of art, right? Not, not in the sense that it is, a, it is a creative space. And a lot of people don't realize that or make the time really to think about it. But, um, you know, it's not painting. It's not creating music. It's not necessarily photography, but you are taking something from nothing and you are creating an outcome that ideally will, will serve people and can be viewed by people around the world, right? So that's always been kind of my thing in some capacity. Uh, big fan of music in general. I, in um, 2008, I found myself as in artist management. I, I, I managed a bunch of bands and I loved it. I loved connecting with people. I loved empowering people. Uh, I loved working with creative people. I love, love, love music. And so I love being around different types of music, different types of musicians. Um, I didn't really love dealing with shady club owners. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily dealing with, if I was working with a band and half the members didn't show up to practice on time or care how many gigs we got, um, they wanted to do less, like, you know, sometimes there's a certain amount that you need to put yourself out there in order to, to, to gain momentum. Um, obviously there's more social media opportunities now than there were back then, but in any case, um, it felt more like babysitting than it was really about creating something together. I also got paid on the back end, And so if I was working really hard 
uh, to do all the right stuff and get them moving forward. And they didn't show up or want to do as much. Then I sometimes didn't realize, didn't feel like I was getting paid what I deserved. Uh, and then also I, you know, I, I set a point in my life where I was, had recently gotten married and I was starting to, um, you know, develop a family and to be up till three o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday night in New York city didn't always necessarily serve, you know, my purpose and wasn't really helping me where I wanted to be. Um, so with that, knowing that what I loved was, was the empowering in October, 2008 must've come up like three or four times. I just heard the term coaching. I was like, well, that's what I do. That's what I want to do. That's, that's who I am. And so in 2009, I enrolled at IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, and became a certified professional coach, uh, keeping my clientele. Like, I mean, meaning I, I still, not the same ones because I wasn't a manager anymore, but I still did work with musicians and, and people within the music industry. So now I was only working with people who were excited about their life and wanted to change their life and wanted to show up on purpose and do things and work hard and were willing to invest time and money into being the best versions of themselves. So they showed up on time. Uh, I didn't have to leave my house really ever. Right? If I didn't want to, I didn't have to be out to New York City. I got paid up front. So I was really able to get rid of all the things that I didn't like about artist management and enhance all the things that I did like about, about um, coaching. So along the time, so uh, for a while there, my focus was working with musicians and people in the music industry. But as my own personal development journey grew, and as I kind of started to step into more of who I wanted to be as a human being and really um, just, again, and and grew to be more of that person, I started recognizing the opportunity to do that with more and more people. And so really just to a point now where, where I want everybody to recognize that they have greatness within them, um, no matter what industry. I still work with a lot of musicians, but I also work with doctors and I work with authors and I work with people in all sorts of different industries, marketing industry, whatever. People who are just generally interested in being the best versions of themselves and recognize that they have blocks, they have fears, they have limiting beliefs, things that have held them back based on their life's experience, right? Everybody does. And so to have somebody to guide them through that and ask them questions they wouldn't ask themselves and to look past fears that they didn't even know that they had um, has been a pretty powerful experience. And then with the release of my book last year, I've been able to kind of take that to, to a deeper level and work less with musicians and more with, with a, a general audience. Awesome. Looking back, you talked about October 2008 as kind of that pivot point for you. Prior to where we're at right now, that was the most fundamental economic impact that most of us have been through. Was there any fear or doubt that you had to leave something that was relatively secure, it sounds like, to go into coaching? Yeah, not really. Um, I'm a firm, and this has actually increased more with time. So, but at the time, um, Maybe a little bit, probably more so for my family, like in the, meaning my wife is like a space where they said, uh, you know, there's, you do want to be sure that you're secure, right? But I'm also a firm believer that life is an adventure. And, you know, when we step into our greatness, that's when things start to appear. Um, leap in the net shall appear type of a thing. <laughs> so, you know, there might have been some, but um, it really wasn't as much of a concern as much as I was just excited to do what I love. And I, and I feel like if you can do that every day with purpose and intention, um, and, you know, the results will follow. Absolutely. When you were first working with the musicians, as you transitioned over, you obviously weren't doing the music management piece, but what were some of the, the tactical things that you were working with them on? Because most people would picture musicians as being very confident and having a lot of things together, which obviously is probably not the case. But what were the types of things that you were focusing on? Yeah, it's funny because um, it's a great question. So, because they're, they're definitely not all confident. In fact, there's a lot of amazing musicians who you'd be surprised how little confidence they have, even if they're able to get on the stage or whatever, but they have high level of, of social anxiety and that type of a thing. Um, but interestingly enough, more often than not, they would, to your point, they would come to me like, hey, 
I want to get an album made and I haven't been able to do it. I want to get more fans. I want to get more gigs. I want to, you know, they were very specific left brain um, tactical things, but really we would, I would say, okay, that's cool, but we need to start with who you are. Like, what is your conversation? What's your internal dialogue? Like, how are you showing up every day to make those things a reality? Because if you're spending time, even within your own head, saying that I'm not good enough, saying that not enough people will like this. Um, and, and then also even just taking actions, like setting up specific daily goals and habits that will shift those, those things to be able to, um, out, be, be the outcomes that you want. Like that's where we start. We always have to start with who you are and who you want to be every day. And then once we kind of, interestingly enough, a lot of the time I would focus more time on that. And then as a result of that, as a result, a result of making the shifts in their life and getting more clarity on what their life actually looks like and feels like and who they want to be, those other things would fall into place. And we would certainly touch on those and, and set up specific daily or weekly action habits or action steps or habits to kind of help them get those things taken care of. But sometimes that was more on the back end and that was more of kind of what they did not necessarily in our time together as opposed to the time together really spent on getting clarity on who they prefer to be. It sounds like you spent a lot of time foundationally, maybe working on mindset. Is that a fair assessment? Sure. Uh, it was, it's, well, I mean, really, we're, we're all made up of a bunch of different things, right? Mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, all these different things make up who we are um, and how we show up and what we do. So I touched on all of the above. Um, but yeah, so a mindset is probably a nice way to kind of group that together. Like, what, what are your thoughts? What is your internal dialogue? How are you focusing them intentionally? Are you focusing them intentionally? Are you making time to decide who you want to be? Um, and are you taking proper action towards that? Who are the type of people you're surrounding yourself with? You know, there's, um, I think it's Tony Robbins who said, that, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? And so sometimes in a, in a creative space, like there, there's some, and especially in music, right? That there's some interesting people out there. Um, and some of them are awesome and curious and cool. And some are, are that way, but also not necessarily the best influence for a productive lifestyle. So a lot of times just getting clarity around, around that type of thing as well. Absolutely. Now you've been in that coaching space for about 12 years now. It's, and I'm curious if with the transition from musicians to the type of people you're working with now, are there consistent themes that you've identified that most of your clients tend to have that you work through? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is fear, right? A lot of it is fear of the unknown. A lot of it is fear of um, being good enough. A lot of it is self-judgment. A lot of it is um, believing that there, people are just stuck and that there aren't necessarily choices or options or that this is what it has to be. And they're really looking for a Band-Aid when a Band-Aid isn't necessarily going to serve them. And really what, what we need to do is a, you know, a full, full-on blood infusion sometimes. Change <laughs> 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 everything all out from the beginning to decide who you want to be. Yeah, I remember early on in my life, I always felt I had a fear of success. And I thought it was kind of interesting because it was fear of a positive. Have you dealt with that type of thing? Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Sometimes success can be overwhelming. Just the thought of it. It's like, okay, gosh, it's almost like the, the, the roller coaster is moving or the car is moving, but I'm not necessarily steering. I'm afraid what happens when, or, you know, or I can't put my foot on the brake. I'm afraid what happens once I get up to hundred miles an hour and, and I can't necessarily control the vehicle. Um, it's probably a good analogy to look at it. So definitely. And so in that space, it's just important to come down to get clarity around what you can control, which often is just your thoughts. Were you able to find that the creatives were easier to wrap their head around fixing the mindset because of their innate creativity? Uh, you know, that is a great question. And I would say the answer is no, <laughs> meaning that creatives in that space are sometimes more distractible, um, and more passionate around different things. And right. So, so they've got all these different things. Their brain is going to different places. They're constantly creating and, and thinking of other thoughts or directions, um, and different influences that they have. And, and they're a little more susceptible to the influences around them. That's why they're artistic or whatever. So I, I wouldn't say that at all, actually, but that's a great question. I really thought about before. 
Yeah, I just, I guess in my mind, I have this concept, okay, if they're creative, they can wrap their head around the overall concept. But obviously, you're saying, no, that's not the case. Well, the truth of the matter is the, the concepts aren't that that deep as much as just some of the tactics in the daily looking at yourself and how you show up for the concepts and, and really the persistence and consistency and being able to do that intentionally on a daily basis. That's really what it, what it comes down to. I'm really big on words being powerful. Do you find that there are patterns of speech that people will things like one of the ones I always correct is I'm going to try. No, you're not going to try it. I go to Yoda. There is do and yeah. there is do not, you know? Yeah, there is no try. Absolutely. hundred percent. I would say one of the most important ones that I've, I've had a couple conversations on this recently. Um, and it comes down to judgment and curiosity, even of yourself is should versus could. Right. So I should, I should lose weight. I should exercise more. I should be further along in my career. I should have be in a relationship right now. I should write all these different things that we are um, basically saying I'm not good enough in some capacity, whether we use those words or not. We're using the word should, you're, you're constantly judging. And that, and that also comes into play with other people. He should not behave this way. He should have done that. She should have done that, right? So we are telling somebody that they should be something different than they are. When literally when it comes down to it, every single one of us is exactly who we should be based on every single second of life that we've lived up until that moment. And anybody else who had been born to our parents and lived every single second and had every experience, good, bad, ugly, had every thought and response to those experiences um, would be exactly who we are in this moment, right? And once we realize that as a concept and we start removing the word should, if you replace it with the word could, so in a sense, you stop shooting on yourself, right? <laughs> and you replace it with the word could, just the, the energy and the flow in your life will change. Meaning, okay, so the example of I should lose some weight, well, I could lose some weight. Right. So I should lose weight. It's like, oh my gosh, I am overweight. I'm, I'm judging myself as not good enough. I could lose some weight, opens up opportunities. Cool. So what does that mean? What are my options in that space? Well, I could exercise. I could go on a different type of a diet or whatever. I should be further along in my career. Well, I could be further along in my career. Cool. So if that's the case, what can I do about that? Um, you know, so there's all these different options. As soon as you kind of replace one with the other, it removes. Like, so judgment keeps us small and still. And whereas curiosity opens up to possibility. That's one of the things that I've been working with as well. I've always said that the why questions are not good questions. Why is this happening to me? Why, you know, just in general, why's are not good instead of saying how. So why is this happening to me? Well, how can I make something out of this? Do you work in that type of realm as well? Um, I do. I I think there's, again, there's a mindset space. Like, I mean, you, you, in that space, if you were to say, why is this happening to me with the intention of seeking something to, to serve me, it might not necessarily go in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but you're right. So it's like, what, what if this was happening for me instead of happening to me, right? Is, is a different way to say that. And if you are genuinely curious in that space, like whatever just happened was pretty terrible. I don't, you know, could be anything. And really, I just got in a car accident, right? Um, and that happened to me is, is the general and natural and makes sense response. But if you were to at any point say, well, what if this happened for me? Like, what if some crazy universe has happened for me, whatever that reason, which, you know, depending on your, your thoughts on quantum physics actually did happen for you. Um, and so if that happened for me, what could be the best possible outcome? So if I were to choose that mindset and decide that this did happen for me, I'm not really sure why yet. And I start getting curious as to why it did. I, start, I can start taking actions towards the outcome that would serve me best based on what has occurred. Yeah, that was one of the realizations I got from one of my coaches several years back was, you know, this is happening for me, not necessarily to me. And I found for myself personally, it was incredibly powerful when I understood, accepted that and then started viewing things that happened in that way. Yeah, totally. No, I agree 100%. Um, 
and you know, again, if something terrible happens to you, maybe the reason it happened to you is so that you can be an influence to help others. So it doesn't happen to them or whatever, you know, whatever you decide it is. Um, I think if we wake up every single day with a clear understanding of who we want to be for that day, um, and we're working towards who we want to be in general as a person, and that could be as a professional, that could be as a parent, that could be as a sibling or whatever, as a partner, as a spouse. Um, and we intentionally choose to be the light we want to see in the world as we, as we work towards that goal. Um, it really does open a lot of possibilities up. Do you incorporate any of what I call like the healer modalities in your work, things like meditation and affirmations, things like that? So much so. Yeah. Um, in fact, my morning routine is about three hours of, of stuff like that on a daily basis. So I typically get up somewhere between 5.30 and 6. I will meditate anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Um, I then will exercise for 30 minutes, right? So we're doing mental work and then I'm doing physical mo- uh, work. And then from there, I do my affirmations, daily affirmations. And then from there, I stretch. Um, so well, the reason I do that order is so mentally, I kind of prepare to just bring myself present for the day. And then I'm getting the movement in necessary and I'm exercising. And now that I'm exercising and I'm bringing all this energy into my, my brain physically, into my body, then I go into my daily affirmations because I'm kind of a live wire at that point, right? So I'm kind of like all, all amped up. And so I can really get into the feel, the feeling of these daily affirmations. And then afterwards, once that's kind of calmed down, then I get into a stretching space and I can kind of put my body in a space to respond uh, from the exercise. And then I journal for 10 or 15 minutes after that. Um, and that typically takes me until about 8.30 and then I start my day in, in really good space. Hi, I just wanted to take a quick minute to thank you for listening to the Total Freedom Podcast. We spend a lot of time on this show talking about resiliency, overcoming challenges, and achieving greatness in your life. And I wanted to invite you to discover the Resolve System, my own unique take on how to overcome virtually any challenge in your life. I've outlined the seven steps of the Resolve formula that will take you through just about any challenge you could have in life or business. So head over to TotalFreedomPodcast.com forward slash Resolve and check out the video. Thanks so much. How long has that been a part of your practice? You know, aspects of it. I mean, I've been doing the, the uh, daily affirmations for years, literally many, I mean, 10 years, if not more. Um, the meditation really uh, daily has really just been since January of this year. Um, I, there's a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza, who I'm a huge fan of. And uh, he wrote a couple books that I suggest anybody checking out. One of them, there's four, but two of them I'll mention. The first one is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And the second one is called Becoming Supernatural. And this year I started reading Becoming Supernatural and it comes along with some meditations, some guided meditations that you can get on his website. And I started doing them and I do a different one each day. And it's really literally changed my life, which has put me in a space where I've had more time. And so on and off throughout the years, like I've had sometimes well exercise for months at a time. It hasn't always been in the morning, um, sometimes at the end of my day. But this specific routine has been mostly in 2020. So to be as dedicated as I've been and enjoying it, the self-journal, like the journaling I've, do, I've been doing every day for years as well. So some of it's been kind of ad hoc and bits and pieces, but uh, where I am right now at this, this comfortable level has been about seven months. What changes have you noticed in yourself as it's been a practice? Sounds like most of it's been a combination since earlier this year. Have you noticed a marked change in certain aspects of your life? A- absolutely. Every aspect of my life. Um, my relationships at home are better and not to say that they were bad or worse or, you know, they've just been more connected. I feel like a lot of the time with a lot of the meditation work that I'm doing, um, I'm becoming more, more coherent, uh, having my, my mind and my heart be in a more coherent space. And, you know, physically that, that creates a certain energy in everything that I do. Um, my career shifted. I, I started a new company in March called teachmetosell.com where we train solopreneurs, people who are coaches or 
um, servers, basically what we're calling SOSs, so service-oriented solopreneurs. Uh, people are either coaches or consultants or fitness instructors or um, even in direct sales, but they want to sell like essential oils or something that is serving humanity in some capacity. Like they've been served and they want to do the same for others. And so they start this business, but unfortunately they don't know anything about sales. And so all of a sudden they're excited to share their product or their service. And then they have a conversation with somebody and the person says, how much do you charge? And they get all nervous and uncomfortable and they have a challenge doing that. And so we, we've created, I, I partnered with a guy who's had years and years of, of really, um, powerful experience in sales training with a fortune 500 company has trained people to sell hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in sales. Um, and so we, we kind of have the perfect one, two punch. He's also a coach, but his superpower is definitely the sales training. I'm, I've had a lot of his sales experience as well. So my, I'm also a salesperson. I have experience about my superpower is mindset. And so I'm bringing this up now because this has really come to fruition within the past couple of months as well. It kind of almost out of nowhere. Um, and it's been a pretty powerful change in my life. And, it, and you know, so we're in a space where we want to serve those who want to serve others so they can serve more. And so it's magnified that. As I've well. actually seen that several years ago, I was learning how to do stage selling, presenting on stage and public speaking and all of that. And one of the people that was in the sessions with us brought her a personal massage therapist with her. And yeah. he was somebody who was looking to grow his clientele, but he had that same kind of mental block. So I can absolutely yeah. see why you paired up to put this type of program together to help people, especially now where you've got some of these solopreneurs and healers and things like that, where they can absolutely benefit from it. Growing in leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, really what it comes down to is, is, and I don't want to give away too much of the secret sauce, kidding, <laughs> but you know, it comes down to recognizing that you are serving and the more you, you really do the right thing for every person, every time and know that that's the outcome, whether it's take your product or not, or service or not, um, by showing up on purpose and, and really meeting them where they're at and showing them ideally, I mean, we get into some of the very specific tips of a guided conversation and how you can kind of ask them the right questions to help them really see the outcome, whether it is right or not for them but more so show that you have the solution. And if it is, and it's there for them, you, you really end up in a great place. So you've got all this stuff going on. Whatever prompted you to start writing a book? Great question, John. Thank you. So the book was actually released last July, and that's also been a big part of my growth. And I believe led me to where I am now as well. Um, so obviously as a coach for over a decade, I am into personal development. I love self-growth. I love the, the, the adventure of life itself. Um, and I've, I've, more so I listen to books. So I mentioned Dr. Joe's book as an example. Um, so I'm great on Audible, right? So I, I can listen, <laughs> but I, I, don't, I don't enjoy reading as much as I would like to yet. Um, so like, you know, there's a lot of amazing books out there that are three, 400 pages long and they've got some great concepts, but I find myself just having to read, reread the same page over and over. Like my brain just kind of drifts when I'm there reading or, you know, they, they spend a hundred pages telling you what they're going to tell you and backing it up, which is great. But then they spend a hundred pages telling you what they're telling you and then a hundred pages telling you what they told you, right? <laughs> And so there's so many books I've read much of, but not all of, right? And it's not to say anything about the book. It's more about me. So as a coach and, and working with my clients and knowing what my needs were as somebody who was into self-development, I wanted a book that if I'm having a tough day, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling overwhelmed in any capacity, that I could just pick up and either read in 25 minutes and be done. Or if I've already read it, I can open to any page and find something that serves me. And so the, the, the name of the book is called Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes, and bruises of life. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's just some quick tips, uh, some quick perspectives on stuff that everybody can do. It's written in layman's terms. Uh, it's, I mean, it's based on you know, different aspects of science and quantum physics and um, mindset, but it, it's, just talk, it's basically a conversational piece. Um, and so you, you read some of these basic concepts of patience, joy, presence, the ability to, to create any of those things in any given moment. Um, 
And so you can read it quickly, but then it's also literally filled with quotes and filled with highlights and filled with different things. That, and I sent you a copy. Did you get a copy of that yet? I did not get that yet. I'm hoping it okay. comes in the mail today. I know, you know, mail's a little bit slow with, with COVID and everything. It so sure I was is. just curious. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, so it's a point where you can literally open it up. If, if you either, whether you read it or not, at any point, if you're having a tough moment, you can open it and maybe just say, you know, listen, I'm just going to trust life. I'm going to trust the universe. And it's going to show me exactly what I want. Open it to any page and something will be there that, that could serve you in the moment. It sounds almost like a workbook for life. Absolutely. And it's small. I mean, actually, I have a copy right here. I don't know if our listeners can see it, but I'm just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's literally handheld. So it's something that people can carry with them. So they can physically keep it in their purse. They can keep it in their back pocket, especially if you know things are tough. Right now is a perfect example. It's like, oh my gosh, everywhere you turn, there's, there's enough things to be or to see and to be concerned about, right? And so if you're overwhelmed, if you have friends who are in a, in a, a lonely place or a tough place and you just want to feel some, some help, it's something quick and easy to open up to. Awesome. And where can people get that? We'll put this in the show notes as well for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So a couple different things. First of all, um, if you want to purchase a book, you can. You can get that on my website at ryanstanley.com. On the top of the page, there'll be a button that says, be patient, be present, be joyful. If you click on that, you can buy it there. If you buy it on that website, um, you get a signed copy from me, which comes with a complimentary coaching session as well. Uh, obviously, it's also available on Amazon. You can read some of the reviews on Amazon. Five star, by the way. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> but Barnes and Nobles, anywhere where books are found online. Um, so that's that, but also, you know, because it is an interesting time and people are struggling and people are overwhelmed, I also offer a free copy of like a PDF. So if anybody wants to go to ryanstanley.com forward slash free dash ebook, uh, that will take them to a free PDF they can download. And then this way, if you want to read it on your phone or if you just want to read it on your computer or print it out, whatever, um, you know, I really, I am here to serve. Obviously, if I can, I, I like the physical copy because like I said, so you can carry around with you. It's fun. It's easy. And but if, if really you just need a quick fix or you're curious to see what it's about, feel free to download a free copy. Yeah, that's very generous. We'll put all the links in the show notes so that we definitely appreciate that. So yeah, you've got all this stuff going on. I imagine you've got big plans for the future. What's coming up next for you? Uh, thanks, John. I appreciate that. You know, a couple of the, right now, I'm just focusing, especially during as 2020 has been so unique. I'm really just focusing on, you know, those couple of things. I've got obviously the, the teachmetosell.com and really this is our first banner year. And so we're really looking to kind of expand that. Um, putting out the book. I recently did a, um, a training for an organization, just in, in mindfulness, talking about judgment versus curiosity. You know, some of the concepts we talked about earlier, should versus good and that type of thing. So I'm doing a couple of those. I'm always looking for speaking engagements. Um, I'm really just looking to, again, be the light that I want to see in the world as often as possible, um, earn a good income. And so I can you know, serve my family in the best way possible and enjoy life from a, um, you know, an abundant standpoint as well. Um, but other than that, I also, I, and real quick, I'll just mention for any fans out there of like the, 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 um, the live music community, I also have a, another company called setlisttees.com and it's a t-shirt company that is basically, if you have a favorite band that you've seen a bunch of different times, you go on there and you, you pick your favorite concert and on the front of the shirt, it'll have a date from that concert on the back of the shirt. It'll have what they, um, whatever they played that day. Oh, really cool. And so I'm just throwing that out there as well. So I'm always working on that a little bit, especially now the concerts have been kind of shut down for the summer. A lot of musical tours have been canceled. So uh, if you're kind of pining for the old days and you want to celebrate some of the old shows you've been to, that's a great way to do that. Oh, that's awesome. I wanted to get to something you just said before we, we finish. You were talking about mindfulness and companies. And I've been hearing in the last year, maybe year and a half, with more and more corporations, companies, enterprises, looking at mindfulness, where maybe three to five years ago, it wasn't talked about. Are you finding that there's more of the willingness now? Yeah, thank goodness. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there. They're, they're, they, you know, I think it started with a focus on culture. 
right? So they, they started recognizing like, hey, if we want to retain the best people, we need to have the best culture. We want to have a place where people want to come to work. Um, and, you know, life is certainly an adventure and people have all sorts of different struggles on a regular basis. And that was even before 2020. <laughs> True. <laughs> right. Um, so I think more and more organizations as they're developing, you know, powerful human resources department, I think, you know, um, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V is a, a great example uh, who really focuses on, on culture. He was one of the, a couple of years ago, hired a woman named Claude Silver to be the chief heart officer. Right. And so more and more organizations are starting to see the value of empowering that they're their staff to live on purpose and to enjoy their work and to enjoy life. And so I, I do, as crazy as things are right now in the world, I do see an awakening happening. I think more and more people are seeking uh, to heal themselves and seeking to understand the best, the best ways to be the best versions of themselves. People like Eckhart Tolle, uh, people like Deepak Chopra, uh, you know, there, there is a mindfulness movement that is, that is growing on a regular basis. Um, so I, and I, and obviously people as a younger generation is now kind of growing into, to other roles, people who have been on the internet their whole lives are coming into human resources role and have more access to more information. And it's not just what my dad and my mom and my boss told me growing up or whatever, you know what I mean? Right. Now there's other opportunities for growth and for information. And people are seeing other companies who are people excited to go to work and they're saying, listen, I could work there. So maybe I will, as opposed to the job where they don't really care what I, you know, how I'm showing up or what I do. So I think with that just comes, you know, I think I'm grateful to see that it's a growing trend. So absolutely. Most of my professional career was in human resources. So yeah. it was really interesting because for most of that time, we didn't talk about that type of stuff. And yeah. it was a few years ago where I started hearing it, but it wasn't necessarily in the HR circles. It was as I was building out my business, I started hearing, you know, people that wanted to get in and talk to corporations about mindfulness and they were getting in. So it was this big eye opener for me. It was probably about four to five years ago when I first saw that. So I find it really interesting that we're getting to that point. Totally. And, you know, up until recently, I actually also worked um, with IPEC. I mentioned that I was trained at IPEC, the Institute for Professional Excellence of Coaching. I worked there. I was their internal coach for a long time. And excuse me, I also was um, an admissions coach. So I enrolled people into the program who wanted to be coaches. And a lot of the time people would come from human resources because, so that was a growing trend, just to kind of answer your question. More and more people from companies were starting to come in to get certified as coaches so they could go back and, and you know, empower their staff to be the best versions of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I still see that trend kind of happening now. I'm still a member of SHRM and I keep yeah. up my certification credits. Uh, just you never know when it, you know, this is a time where occasionally I'll hop onto LinkedIn and, and put a video out there to help people. Here's what you're going to need to do to get a job or here business. This is what you need to look at when you start bringing right. people back. So I try to keep up on all of that because I spent so long in the HR yeah. realm. So I, I find it really empowering and, and really interesting. One of my coaches, she's very spiritually tuned and she said that the year 2020 is about selfless service and that the, the universe, if you believe this or not, is transitioning from more patriarchal to matriarchal. So when I connect those two dots, I can see this making sense for right now. Totally. And listen, here, here's the interesting thing. And I was just thinking about this um, actually earlier today. So I'm glad it came up. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they make major changes in their life, when they are, are go from so sometimes they didn't even know they needed to make changes. They were just living their life and kind of going through the day to day. And they probably weren't living their best life. And then something happens to them. Something traumatic happens to them. There'd be some sort of an abuse or some sort of a, a sickness or some sort of a disease or, or, you know, something strong or powerful happens to them and it changes their life. And then from there, they decide to live the best versions of themselves and they, they make changes. And it might not be immediately, but over the next couple of years, like they really become almost a different person. Um, and that's very, very common in, in the human because we, we do adapt. We are. Um, you know, we're adapting beings. And so I think 
right now, since all this going on, I, I was looking at it as maybe this is that experience that the, you know the planet needed to see and feel and own and and um, understand that this is not who they want to be and this is not who we want to be and, and that there is a better way to live. Um, and sometimes you know going about that shift and that change is uncomfortable because you are growing, you are changing, and there's a lot of people that need to do it at the same time. So. I'm I'm optimistic that maybe this was like you know the, the traumatic experience that that the world needed to be the best version of itself. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Definitely, is there a question that maybe I should have asked you that I didn't think to ask you that maybe you want to ask and answer now? We've covered a lot of different topics, but I I'm not sure if there's something I missed. Yeah, I think actually this was a great conversation. Nothing is coming to mind. Um, I'd like to say that there is, but another. I think we we really did we did cover quite a bit. So awesome. I've got nothing, John. I appreciate that question, though. That, that was the best question you could ask. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Ryan, where can people reach out and connect to you besides the book? And we'll put all those links together. Are you on social media or any other place that people can connect with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just about almost everywhere in some capacity, right? So ryanstealing.com, um, teachmetosell.com, setlistees.com. But on social, I'm on Facebook. Um, in fact, if you go to ryanstealing.com, all the, all, the, all the buttons will be on the bottom of the page there. And you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, pretty much in, in all those places as well. Great. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Everybody go and check him out and connect with him online. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, John, I really, uh, first, yeah, let me just say before we go, I really, really appreciate you making the time for me today and having me on your show. It's definitely been a blessing and I love what you're doing, man. Keep up the awesomeness. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That is another episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We will catch you on the next one. Hi, I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode of the Total Freedom Podcast. We want to continue to bring amazing content to help you overcome the challenges in your life, become more resilient, achieve the life of your dreams. So we're going to ask you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast platform you listen to. That helps us to get ranked higher in the podcast chart so that we can share this message with more people. So again, subscribe, rate, and review, whether it's good, bad, whatever feedback, we'll use that to help make this podcast better. So thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Total Freedom with John Racine at www.totalfreedompodcast.com.